Hey guys, welcome back to the Happy Haven this morning. I am the Geek Steps, and with me as always is my lovely partner in time, the Nihilist and Harry. What's up? Uh, it's a great morning. Great morning. It is a beautiful morning. We it is. Go ahead. We are up just a little bit earlier than normal. Not too But we have the Mutant Football League team live from the Ukraine with us today. It's going to be interesting. Insane in the Ukraine. <laughs> yeah, they, they're out there working hard to finish this game up. And they wanted to uh, reach out and talk with us again. So it's always good. Yeah, that's coming up later, but we have something we need to talk about now. All right, where do you want to start? Yesterday was the Last Jedi panel, and I actually had the day off, so I watched the live stream that led up to the trailer. I watched Um, the trailer like six times in a row. Yeah. I just kept rewinding the video. Yes. (laughs) And a so, lot of people complained that it didn't show anything. I thought it showed plenty. It showed plenty. Yeah. We learned that Luke Vader... Luke... Wow. Luke Vader. I'm not even editing that out. You said it was early, so any linguistical flub <laughs> I have is staying in, because... Yeah. We learned that Luke Skywalker actually can still talk. He wasn't rendered mute <laughs> between yes. Return of the Jedi and this one. And oh boy, did he talk. Yes, he did. What does that mean? That could go so many different directions. It's time for the Jedi to end. What does that mean? Uh, the, the way he said it and the tone that he said it in wasn't like we need to stop the Jedi Order because they were flawed. No, it sounded like the Jedi need to die. Right, like <clears throat> like a fatalistic tone. Yeah. <clears throat> But if and my the thing is, left, I mean, but are they? That's true. Remember, Luke had a training academy before Kylo and the Knights of Ren rose up and caused an insurrection. So they may not be the only Jedi. There's a lot of talk that Finn mm-hmm. might actually be one too. But there's also talk that you're going to find out that that's Lando Calrissian's kid. You better not. Yeah. I mean, it's not it's not like a horrible thing, but I mean, does whatever. Any, does any then you could <clears throat> then you could bring in the sweet sweet sounds of Billy D. But does everybody have to be related to an old character? Yes, apparently. Oh, that's. No. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm fine with Ray. One of them. Okay, I get that. But leave. Speaking of which, dude. Speaking of which. Mark Hamill, answering a question, was talking on and on and kind of got ahead of himself. And you could tell it wasn't planned as a reveal for the audience, really, because he's talking and he's talking about the characters. He's talking about, you know, what's going on and how amazing it is to be part of Star Wars, da-da-da. And he goes, you know, and in this one, you've got Ray as my my student. Oh, no. (laughs) And the... Dude, the director was on the panel. I mean, it could be staged, but if it is, it's very elaborately done because the director of the movie was out there with him and it looked like he pooed a little. He probably did. When he slipped like that. 
But then he tried to cover for it, and he was like, and you know, Finn, my son, like he tried to turn it into a joke. Yeah. But he got the first syllable of daughter out before he caught himself. Oh. Live on the panel, because the crowd went crazy, and they just, like, it looked like everybody went into, like, damage mode, like, instantly, like, tried to recover from that, but it definitely got half said. <laughs> so, the one thing the one thing I noticed is um, I don't think... Um, I know Oscar Isaac wasn't there, uh-huh. and I know Adam Driver wasn't there. Yeah, and that's Poe and um, Kylo. Kylo, yeah. But I guess Oscar Isaac did one of those like supplemental videos that they watched. Uh-huh. I don't know. I came in. I didn't see a link for the live stream till it had been on for a while. So I caught like Mark Hamill's part and the director talking, and then the trailer. Um, which they ran twice in that panel too, so you weren't the only one watching it over and over again. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I found it, and I just sat and kept rewinding it. Uh, it's so good. It was and, beautiful. Did you see the like her hands and just the yeah. Neo right before he takes off to fly? Yep. Rock, the anime trope of the rocks coming up out of the uh-huh. ground and spinning. Yeah. Man. And the. Okay, we talked about it a little bit yesterday on Twitter. The scene of Vader's helmet crushed. But is it, though? It it looks like it's destroyed. Right, but I thought it was Vader's helmet, too, and that you, you can hear the respirator. Mm-hmm. But Brian Edward Hill, the guest from last Saturday, that yeah. dude, that, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, I was talking to him about it last night, and he said he thought it had some silver in it. So is it both helmets? Is it Vader's helmet? Or is it Kylo's and he's taking a different direction? I don't know. I just know he looks mad sithed out in that little clip. He's got the Hayden Christensen eyes from (laughs) Revenge of the Sith going on. (laughs) Uh, Let's see. Star Wars. There we go. I'm going to look at the trailer. We're going to find out. I don't know. The most beautiful shot of the trailer is... Luke standing off at a distance mm-hmm. with Ray learning how to use the lightsaber, and you can't see it, it's from so far away, but it is that scene was just beautifully shot. Her on a cliff, yeah, and that green lightsaber just everywhere as she's training like that was amazing. Yeah, no, it's, it, it, the whole trailer was so well, I guess, directed, produced. I like mm-hmm. the feel that it created was amazing. But my thing is... Killer base, goodbye. <clears throat> but my thing is, like... Mm-hmm. Do we need to just retell the old trilogy? This one looks like it's going to be the Empire for this trilogy. But it's not. I mean, that storytelling in general is not just retelling the old story. I mean, that's the way trilogies are set up. So in some way, shape, or form, it's always going to... To be that way, I understand that it does feel kind of copycatish or cookie cutter, whatever you want to call it. But it, Force Awakens was for how much I love it. Yeah. It really is cookie cutter. Even Han Solo's death completely reflects Obi Wan's death in A New Hope. Think about it. You've got your new heroes that are getting into the fray for the first time. And the old man who's been there before, mm-hmm. you know, so you've got 
Ray, who is essentially Luke, looking on as the old mentor who's explaining everything and giving them a better understanding of the situation. But Obi was already dead by the time that Empire came around. I'm talking about Force Awakens. Oh. So Ray's looking on. Yeah. Kylo lightsabers Han Solo. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. See what I right. The yeah. parallels are there. You had another Death Star. I mean, The Force Awakens is amazing. It's well written. But it is basically a fancier retelling of a new hope. That's why like the footage of the bunker getting hit and Poe's ship getting blown up and BB eight. I'm sorry, but that robot that robot, that droid looks more determined right. to get away than I've ever seen anything. Like the head down, going as fast as it can. Like it conveyed the urgency of that situation better than the humans. Like I don't know. I, I just don't want uh, another rehash of Empire Strikes Back. That's the one thing I'm like mm, about. Oh, it's, it's the second act of a trilogy. It's going to be the low point for the heroes. It's going to be a lot angrier and... Heck yeah! And that's fine. I'm, I'm fine with that. I just don't need it to parallel Empire. Yeah, yeah. A- as much... break away from that for at least a little right. bit, you know? And that's what I'm... Yeah, I'm not crapping on the movie. I will be there for oh, the yeah. premiere. I will wear the shirts and talk about the things and get all, mm-hmm. you know... Excited inside, but I just, I don't want it to be a close parallel to Empire. Like, you can do a a movie where nobody wins. I mean, look at Rogue One. Rogue One's a gorgeous movie, very well done, and it didn't have the happy end, even if they did try to put a digital layer in there to be like, and now Star Wars, guys! But, like, that one... It was a movie where the good guys were on the losing side, too, and that was well done without yeah. having to, you know, fall into the old tropes. That's true. I'm sure they'll do it. And I'm looking at that picture we were talking about of Kylo's, or the mask on the ground. Mm-hmm. And I, I took a screenshot on my phone on the trailer so I could zoom in as much as I wanted. And at least to me, that is almost 100% got to be Kylo's mask, not Vader's. Really? Yeah, it's got the three lines. Let me pull up. So, so it, that's what I'm saying. Like Brian Edward Hill pointed that out, and it looks like yeah, it looks like he's right. Which that's kind of a darker implication than if he had just crushed Vader's old helmet. Yeah, because yeah. what does that mean? Like, how further is he going? What is he gonna do? Is he completely separating himself? But what if it made the respirator sound because he didn't crush it? Someone else did, and now he needs. Hmm. I don't know. Because there is glass all around it. Which, I mean, he could have just, like, thrown it through a window, I guess. Right, but does that mean he's shedding wanting to be like Vader and he's got to become something completely different? And what does that mean for... Right, but I mean, like, yeah, the implications on that are huge. I love Kylo Ren. I think he may be one of my favorite characters in the new series. People complained about him and whined about him being a whiny little baby and stuff like that, but... I mean, when me and you talked about it, I explained my thoughts on that, you know? He's not a petulant child. No. 
And you tell me, I mean, him and Ray are young. You tell me that you didn't have heroes you worshipped. Oh yes. At that age, you know, like absolutely, he's he's trying to follow in the footsteps of a giant, at least in his eyes. Right. And he'll he'll surpass it. He will, you know, the whole the student has become the teacher thing. Right. He will surpass it. He'll get even stronger, and as long as he stays on the dark side, he's going to be a very formidable foe. Exactly. Well, we've only got a couple minutes before. Uh, we bring in um, the Mutant Football League guys. So real quick, real quick, before I add them to the call, everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, last week with Brian Edward Hill, we were talking Dolph Lundgren stories. Mm-hmm. And it just so happens that he is going to be King Nereus in the Aquaman <laughs> movie. Yep. So, so you're going to have Drogo versus Drago. Oh, geez. <laughs> That's not confusing. I just want, look, before we switch over to the interview, and we can talk about it after the interview, depending mm-hmm. on how much time you got, yeah. I just want them to add one line in that whole movie for me. <laughs> What's that? I want Dolph Lundgren to stand up real tall, snarl his lip, and be like, if he drowns, he drowns. Oh, <laughs> Give me my Rocky Easter egg in Aquaman. <laughs> that would be amazing. Oh. And it got me on board for the dude bro Aquaman that they're making. Yep. Yep. You know, so. Gonna be a good time. And I did have to concede a point. Um, I was talking, I, I say talking, I was typing back and forth with Brett Booth from DC, mm-hmm. and somebody made a good point about the Ben Affleck Batman killing people. And he said, for everybody who hates on Batman for killing people in Batman v Superman, which I am in that camp, he said, does nobody remember the Batman Returns where Batman stuffed a bomb down a clown's pants and smiled maniacally when he pushed him over a thing (laughs) and the dude, like, exploded? (laughs) (laughs) Confetti and clown rained down on Gotham City, and I was like, dang it! (laughs) Crap. And I am a humble enough man. I did write. I I concede that point. (laughs) You win. Yeah. My legs to stand on have been removed. (laughs) I still think Justice League's going to be a nightmare, but you know, cinematic Batmans have killed before. Yes, and so is the comic Batman back in the golden age. Oh yeah, he killed the crap out of people. Batman carried a shotgun. Mm-hmm. And a Tommy gun. Yeah. Just go to town, man. Go to town. All right, guys. I am uh, going to reach out to... Mr. Minheim. And I'll see if Maxime... Maxime. I'll, I'll, I'll reach out to both. and uh, right. So basically, I, I can edit this part out, me and you talking, yeah. but... Yeah, well, we'll see how. Yeah, we'll, we'll see how this works. Oh, this is gonna be fun. Here we go. Adding them now. Down the rabbit hole. I like rabbits. <laughs> I I used to have a rabbit. Tell me about the rabbits, George. <laughs> John Steinbeck reference. It's a very good story. Oh, hey. Hey, man. Um, 
I think we're going to all do this in Maxime's office, so we're all on the same screen, if that works better. Okay. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Um, I'll be right there. I'm going to hang up mine, though. Yes, sir. Hey, Maxime. Hey. Uh, I kind of lied behind me. So, Michael will come in a second. I'm going to move it this way. <laughs> no, man, that camera angle was great. You looked like a sinister figure. <laughs> no, no, no. Open the door first. We're going to do a uh, podcast. Okay. So. Oh, it's five already. Yeah, wow. that's what I'm saying. Time is flying. I know. We, guys, we had a very hard night yesterday. So oh, man. We kind of slowed today. And it's a, ho- well, it's a holiday tomorrow, but uh, like everybody. Yes, it is. Okay, we're all. Well, who survived last night to make it in is here. <laughs> Been there. Yeah, well, the the goal of the team was to get me wasted, and I think they they were massively successful at that. So <laughs> at least they hit their goal. Yeah, they, they did a great job. <laughs> okay, so anyways, uh, we've got Maxime. Um, who runs the studio here. We've got Anton, who helps us out on the project management uh, development director side. We got uh, Pavel, who is one of our engineers, and Pavel is working on all of the announcer stuff as well as um, visual effects in arenas and a whole bunch of stuff. And then Artem is doing our season mode. Cool. Hey, guys. We're working on our season uh, in my trip out here. (laughs) Yeah, I saw that in the update you sent out from the Kickstarter the other day. Some of the things you guys have been working on. Saw you got the the two-player online mode down. Now you guys are just working on the three and four, right? Right. We were uh, actually playing that four-player yesterday. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, the uh, the new stadium you guys sent out with that email looks amazing. Looking looking back at the name, what is it, the SETI Alpha Stadium? Right. Is uh, that the space the space yeah. level? Yeah. Cool. I was talking to him about it before we got on. It looks amazing. So that arena, uh, the brainchild of that is our art director, um, Ray, who's incredibly talented, and then. Uh, Pavel here helps with the creation of that as well. Oh, wow. Good job, dude. It looks awesome. <laughs> yes, it does. So when they were designing that, and it was in kind of like the early stages, um, so I was playing it, right? And uh, I played longer games just because that's how I test. And they have this ring in the background that's like while you're playing, it's like mm-hmm. moving, and then you have planets that are moving, and by um, 
the end of the third quarter, I swear to God, I was getting nauseous. <laughs> I had to tell I had to tell Andre, hey Andre, um, it, this is probably going to affect fifty percent of the people playing it, and it's not going to affect the other fifty percent. But I'm one of the fifty who's getting motion sickness playing it, and uh, he he slowed everything down so they're not moving as fast, and now it's. No, no motion sickness anymore. I don't know. I would have kept it as like an endurance challenge for a tournament. So you can handle it. <laughs> it's easy to speed speed it up. Uh, we have another engineer who just is dropping by. <coughs> survivors are coming. Uh, in. Yeah, another one of the survivors from last night. Dima. No. And hey. Dima is uh, helping us with our online mode. He he just joined our company and uh, a whole bunch of other stuff. So we've worked with Dima before. He's an awesome engineer. Cool. Awesome. So I, I'll say from my point, what I've been able to play, you guys are doing a kick-butt job at what's come out so far. I know I brought a, I brought a, key over, a Steam key over to a friend's house. And we had a bunch of people over at his house, and we played that all night. And okay. lots of people saying, once they figured it out, you know, like the controls, because we, we went in blind and played, and, but an entire room full of people just laughing, and I got next, I got next, I got next. So that's a good sign. <laughs> um, that, that is awesome. And the game, you know, shines best when you're actually playing in your living room with a bunch of your friends. And that, mm-hmm. that, that is best. Yeah. Absolutely. So how's the season mode progressing? You guys running into anything you didn't expect? or I'm, I'm going to let Artem talk a little bit and I'll shut up. Why don't you step up so they can hit the microphone? Well, we're, we're still in progress of this feature, but seems like there will be no problem and uh, I think you will like it because actually this move is all about statistics and it's all about replays so you would right. like to replay it once, once more and once more again and uh, Michael prepared a few tricks for this mode like unlockables uh, I mean uh, when you first uh, finish the season mode uh, you will unlock several more teams and you will uh, play next season with uh, even more teams, it will be more interesting, so I think it will be fun, and I do not expect any problem from that. So, uh, that's awesome. Thanks. Well, what we start out with is when you first turn on the game, um, so I guess you guys can break this news. <laughs> Artem giving away secrets, but anyways, um, you, you start out with 12 teams um, in the game, right? Mm-hmm. And then it's play your season you start unlocking more teams so your season kind of expands um, the next time you play it with more teams so you get like a 12 team season, a 16 team season, an 18 team season so you're always unlocking stuff and kind of the feature that sets us apart from like your typical seasons are the fact that you can have players die in games (laughs) Oh, yeah. So the the deaths of the players will actually carry through the whole season, not just the game? 
Well, they carry over. Um, you get your reserve players back, right? So those are replenished because you, otherwise you wouldn't be able to start. Right. So the crappy reserve players are always uh, rejuvenated. But your all-star players and your starters, if they die, they carry over. So then what we do is um, we'll have options. So you can play season however the hell you like. You don't have to have those carry over. But you can resurrect three players before each game. Oh, wow. Who's two you want to resurrect? They come back to life. And then when you have a bye week, you get to resurrect six players because you have a bye. Yeah. So um, that that's kind of the cool thing. So you got to manage your, your teams. And then beyond that, it's all stats, which is another thing uh, – Pavel is doing. He's in charge of all the statistics, and you know it's a nightmare. It's my least favorite part of sports games are stats. Yeah, all the math is always fun to deal with, right? Well, just how they do it in football, how you're tracking stats, it's mm-hmm. very technical, and sometimes it makes absolutely no sense why they track stats the way they do, <laughs> like runs and carries and. Well, yeah, it, or getting um, sacks, like your quarterback usually loses yards, but those don't get deducted from the passing statistics. Yeah, pass. like sacks and what do they call it, hurries? Right, there's like, you know, there's so many instances with all of these sat, uh, stats that it's just, it just is difficult. And then I'll read like the NFL statisticians rule book, and then I'll read it, and I won't understand what the hell I've just read. And Pavel doesn't know, right? And it's just like, okay, how are they doing this? <laughs> so is it like a program that tracks stats the way they really track football well, that, stats and trying to yeah. make sense of that? Right. Because, oh, wow. Okay. So, like, you know, you want to know how many yards your running backs gains and how many passing yards your QB has. Mm. And then in season, I mean, season's all about stats, right? Right. So yeah, we're, we're trying to track all the players' stats, too. Mm. So then you can see how your guy is doing against the rest of the quarterbacks in the league. And um, that's the tough part, right? So Artem and I, we have to simulate other games in the mm. season because all teams are playing and you have to simulate like reasonable scores um, for every team, and it's it's it's, it's difficult. Like EA must have twenty people just like doing stats <laughs> for Madden, right? Yeah, uh, <laughs> that wouldn't surprise me. <laughs> I like. Yeah, there's one more feature of this game, I mean, with season mode, is that you can play uh, any season game with anyone you can you have in your room, and maybe even in on- online. So it's not about you who play in the season. You can add your players, you can add your friends, you can add your teammates or something like that. So you can play one game, like, solo, and then you can add the friends, continue another game with even more players, up to four so it's, it's and does that count as the same season? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Oh wow! So like, if you're playing a season and uh, let's say you've got um, Midway Mutants versus Brim Bay Attackers, 
and you have a friend in Wisconsin and you go, hey, I'm in my season. I'm playing them for the second time. Do you want to play against me and play Grim Bay? They'll go, yeah, and then you can play them and then, you know, save out your season and then continue to your next game. You guys know that's genius, right? There's no other sports game that does that or has done that. (laughs) And I will say this about it. If it proves too difficult, uh, that will get cut because we're not going to miss our launch window to get that feature in. But that's the plan. Well, if it works, it'll be something new to sports games that hasn't been done before. That's pretty genius. Yeah. That would be really cool to not have to worry about you know, having to stop your season so your friends can play or even playing with a friend online, you can just kind of integrate it all into one experience. That's yeah. awesome. So, okay, By the way, RTM, you have, like, the coolest name. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> He's actually the coolest guy in the whole studio. Last night, he, he had a stripper on each arm. It was crazy. Oh. It's impressive. <laughs> there you go. No, I just, uh, I'm a big fan of the Metro um, book series and the game. So when he said Artyom, I was like, oh, okay, yeah, I know that name. That name was always so cool sounding to me because I'm a giant nerd. So, you know, books and video games. <laughs> That's where it all comes from. But you, you mentioned the launch date. Do you guys have a closer window for, like, the console launch at all? Um, we're, I mean, our launch date is the same as it has been for a while, and we're trying to get mm-hmm. this product out, like, um, end of January, early February, for sure, before, like, the Super Bowl. Okay. Gotcha. That's our launch window, like, the Super Bowl. It seems like a really good time, far enough away from, uh, Madden, so, and it's after the craziness of Christmas, where, you know, just... All the big titles come out in the fall, so yeah. we, you know, we're not going to be able to compete with the, the big titles. Cool. So um, I was thinking maybe we could have each one of the guys come up and talk about what what part they're they're working on. I don't know what your time constraint is. I just I'd like to be able to talk to everybody and then you know talk about what the big the big goals are after that and what's going on going forward. Okay, sure. Um, so why don't Pavel, you want to right. start and have a well, seat? <laughs> hey, Pavel. Hey. Hey. I work on <laughs> my everything, so <laughs> ask me questions, I guess. <laughs> I do a lot of stuff. Statistics, CUI. Um, I'm helping Andrew with uh, arena stuff and visual stuff. Audio, announcer, all of that. So, yeah, some of the features, just so you guys can frame some questions for Pavel, like the big big ticket item Pavel is working on are like the announcer stuff, right? All of the Tim Kids Row stuff, all of the audio. He's working with Brian Schmidt on all of that stuff. He's also doing a ton of the dirty trick stuff. He supports our art director on arena construction. And then he also is responsible for all of the game statistics. So the dirty trick stuff. So you're the reason why my friend was able to screw me in the last 30 seconds of the game. Good job, man. You can. <laughs> yeah, I I found myself laughing at a lot of that, and uh, 
So you're definitely doing your job with that. And the arenas look cool. I know on the the demo we were playing, what is it? Uh, I forget the name of the stadium, but it's the big toxic pit mm-hmm. looking stadium. That uh, man, it's the the aesthetic that you you've helped create is is really amazing. You, you got a lot of laughs from a lot of people in that living room with the dirty trick stuff and the announcer stuff is hilarious. So so far, dude, you're killing it. Thanks. Announcer, well, it, it's uh, it's really tricky because we have um, we already have like uh, uh, nine hundred sounds mm-hmm. and playing them is is pretty hard. Yeah. Well, it's paying off, dude. It really is. Yeah. So, are there any more plans for any new dirty tricks? Well, <laughs> I let Michael answer that. <laughs> <laughs> you got the no spoilers answer. <laughs> so yes, we, we actually, yeah, I mean, we're going to be putting in dirty tricks as many as we can before launch, and then we'll be supporting the product post-launch with more dirty tricks. Nice. Like, you guys know, our community helps us design the game. So during the Kickstarter stuff, uh, somebody came up with a really cool idea called Hot Potato. And it was very easy to kind of implement. So he actually put that in the game now. And I'll, I'll just throw out a couple other dirty tricks. But Hot Potato, it's basically the defense's answer to the bomb. So if you do a Hot Potato, the offense now has the ball, and it is a bomb, although they don't know it. So when you pass it, it'll blow up your receiver, or if you hand it off, sometimes it'll blow up your running back. So if the team you're playing against has that, you know at some point they're going to use it. You just don't know when, and it's not like you hear a ticking sound or anything. You just basically are playing the game paranoid, right? So that's diabolical. <laughs> you're left with your jaw on the ground, your controller in the floor, and your wide receiver did. So then we also have, so we look for like complex and simple dirty tricks. Um, so another idea that somebody had from our community, which is just kind of cool, is like we could call it time warp, right? So if you have it on offense and you want 10 more seconds, you can add 10 seconds to the clock. Oh, that's cool. So nice. on defense, you can, um, you know, decrease 10 seconds of the clock. Not that you could steal, like, the last second. The other player always gets the last second. So those are ideas from our community, and those are fairly simple ideas that I think we could implement. Yeah. Our side, like our lead um, engineer, you know, he came up with shotgun. And when he comes up with an idea, he just does it, right? When I come up with an idea, I wait for weeks. But he comes up with an idea, he goes, oh, let me try this out. So it's actually in the game now. And what shotgun is, is your quarterback um, obviously is in a shotgun. And when he snaps the ball, he pulls out a shotgun. And he can shoot He's got some number of shots, and you can shoot the guys coming in for um, sacks. Nice. So you can you pull out your quarterback, and it's a running play for your quarterback, like a bootleg. But you have yeah. your hand, and then when you press the button, he shoots the closest defender. So that's three dirty tricks that are coming, and we got more. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure there's plenty in the works. 
They need one that reverses your opponent's controls. Like, just for that one play. Yeah, we have that in the original game, right? And yeah. I I think we might do something like that for sure. Yeah, like like a confuse or whatever, and they don't right. know what's happening. They just go to juke left, and they run right into a defender, and they juke right <laughs> instead. Mm-hmm. Okay, so let me bring Anton up real quick. Thanks, Pavel. Uh, Thank you. Keep yeah, did you butt, have dude. any other questions you wanted to ask him? I'm sorry, I kind of dismissed it. <laughs> no, yeah, no, th- that was perfect. No, it was good. Okay, so Anton is helping us out with production schedule management of, like, guys that are testing the game, and Anton also works on other projects in our studio. Cool. Oh. What's up, man? How's it going? Oh. It's all okay. Thank you. So how's uh, development been for you when you saw all those, like with Maxime, when you saw all those crush goals getting, and you were like, oh, man, we got to do all of it. Like, it's awesome, but at the same time, how was it to know that we were going to go full bore? It was, uh, I would say, uh, mixed feelings, right? <laughs> right. You, you get, like, basically uh, I would say money you get the money I mean the guys are uh, waiting for your job with their wallets but in the same time it's just this money is not going like in the paper it's going like on the, in the rocks on your shoulders <laughs> right <laughs> kind of what it was so, yeah, so what's been you. oh go ahead step sorry I was going to say, especially if you're working on other projects, like you said, you've got those projects to juggle, and then this one coming in on top is with such a high reception. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. It is. So what's been your, your favorite part so far? My favorite part is... <laughs> passing, uh, passing place. <laughs> it's my favorite part. Passing place? <laughs> Because I'm always found some uh, place that is not uh, playable, playable, good enough for AI, and that's how I win. <laughs> Basically, that's <laughs> one way how, how I win. Find the few plays the computer's no good at. Yeah. Kind of, yeah. Hey, a win's a win. So basically, yeah. your job is figuring out how to outsmart Something that's yeah. gonna destroy everybody else who plays this game. <laughs> yeah, in, in, in the game, yes, yeah. So technically, you have the position of evil genius. <laughs> uh, no, not evil. <laughs> Malevolent genius. <laughs> yeah. So when we're done with the podcast, guys, I'll send everybody's names out there so you'll you'll know who. Yeah. Who you to. Um, okay, so let's get Dima up oh, here. Oh, thanks, Anton. Thank you. Uh, so Dima is yeah, interesting because he's coming into this project with fresh eyes. He's unfamiliar with, like, American football, right? So he's an awesome engineer, brilliant guy, but he's just kind of coming into this project that's, you know, already been started, and he has, like, the freshest eyes of anybody on the team. Yeah. Awesome. Hey, Dima. Hey. Hey. 
So what was the first thing you thought when you sat down, you, you got the job now, you're sitting here looking at it, and you see American football with monsters and skeletons and all of this? Uh, my first thought was this was it was fun because like uh, running the field with a chainsaw. <laughs> I never played a game like this. Yeah. Trust me, there's plenty of uh, real football teams here in America who, when they're losing, wish they could uh, pull a shotgun player run around <laughs> with a chainsaw. <laughs> yeah, and uh, now I'm working on the online things, uh, like the things you have to have in any online game, like friends, lobbies, etc. Mm-hmm. And then I'm supposed to help with the frame rate. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. So what's uh, what's it like building the infrastructure for an online game? I've always wondered that because for us, when we get the game, it's seamless. You know, it's searching for friend, finding friend, finding playlist, loading game, and then, hey, you're playing with people all over the world. That's got to be like a whoo to make work. I hate all this. It's lots of integration, debugging. Yeah. This is just for... I don't know. It's always looked crazy to me, like how they make that work. And like I said, for us, it's seamless. But to get it all together must be a logistical nightmare. Yeah. Yeah. It's the biggest technical uh, risk of the entire project. And I let Maxime, who is the CTO of the company, he can. Woohoo! You know, hey, Maxime. Hey, what's going on? <laughs> yeah. Good. So uh, it's actually for engineers like we, uh, like me, Dima, and you know pretty much whole uh, room today is that you know the some things is kind of much easier than it might look for you guys I mean for people who not does the engineering but basically when you need to do something the Google is actually helping so uh, <laughs> right that's our main tool to find any help in any hard situation. It also requires some, you know... Mine too. Yeah, well, that's what I to say. Yeah, figure it out. But, but at the end, it's exactly like Dima said. It's like a lot of, you know, engineering and debugging, and it's usually debugging is much more than anything else, like bug shooting. But... You know, if directly answering your questions, uh, we actually had a debate recently because we we're not ready yet to work on a crossplay, and it's something that we would like to introduce later after we ship the game. But uh, yeah, we had a debate uh, recently. Either we want to have a global uh, uh, leaderboards where. You know, you can see people from PC and uh, Xbox and PlayStation or have it local or maybe even limit it to your friends because you're mostly concerned how you're doing comparing to, you know, people you know rather than yeah. some kind of guys that somehow cheats their scores and stuff like that. So I yeah. think those decisions is actually much uh, you know, much harder and more important to, to kind of make it uh, make it right rather than technically implemented because you know technical implementation is following the good design and good decisions. Uh, right. So, when you yeah. said crossplay, do you mean console to PC or 
That's exactly right. Like we wow. ultimately we would like to have it. It's not gonna happen at, at the release, like at the early. So please don't yeah, yeah. set your expectations. Yeah. But because our game. Uh, at the end, we're all gonna play on the controllers, and the controllers are like similar gamepads, it's more or less yeah. similar, so it should be no uh, big difference either you play from PC or any other console. Uh, and now, like uh, most of the console, uh, like Xbox, uh, Microsoft, and the Sony, they more or less open for the crossplay. Like before, they right. were strict, now they slowly open up to that. I think it's still kind of too early, but once we release, I think we can find a way to to make it cross-play, and that's something we would like to have. That that really would be awesome. Yes, because I've got friends that have, you know, of course, they've got their Xbox, and I have both, but I usually play my (laughs) online games on my PlayStation because it it runs faster. Me too. For me, right? You see, like if it happened, then. It's like even everything gonna be like triple. Like for example, if you if you have friends, then you need to have your friends from like Xbox, PlayStation, and the, you know maybe Facebook, and then maybe a Steam friends, and you know you might choose to play with guys you know. Like it, it's all gonna be much more complicated. So that's why for now we're just only gonna focus on friends per platform. So on Steam you can play with your guys on Steam. On Xbox and the XBLA friends and etc. So we're gonna be alpha like um, May, right? End of April. So okay. we have a couple weeks to get there, which is why I'm in uh, Kiev right now. So yeah, all these types of decisions get decided now. Are we gonna do this or not? And because when we go into alpha, we have to be feature complete. So we can still add teams, right? So we can add content, we can still add like arenas, but we've already have our um, process for putting new teams in. It's all designed. So there's no technical risk there. It's just a matter of creating the content and putting it in the game. But we can't start a feature like crossplay at Alpha. So we can't start any new technical risks so we're not doing any new feature development. We can do some new dirty tricks because it's not a technical risk, right? Maxime and uh, Pavel, they'll go, no, this is too technical, Michael. We can't do this dirty trick. Come up with something simple. And then we'll go figure out something simple. So that type of content we can do from alpha to beta. But then once we declare beta, we're basically uh, locking the artists out of the project, and we are only doing, um, you know, bug fixing. Right. So, so what you're saying is, for alpha, you've got to be system ready, and you can add, you can add aesthetics later. But yeah, I got right. you. We can polish and tune. I mean, and that's really what alpha is about. So we we're, we're going to have a, a closed alpha on Steam. We'll have a lot of people coming in and playing the game uh, when we're alpha, and that's when, you know, we can still add some small things, and we can polish, and we're trying to find exploits, and then we'll probably have um, what we'll call our open beta, right, where, um, or our closed beta, 
where we'll invite everybody who purchased the game from Kickstarter, and they'll get to uh, play it for like a month, and that's probably going to be in July. And then cool. August, we basically need to just bug uh, the game after that. So they're going to have from May till the beginning of August to play the game, give us feedback, and then once we go into August, it's all about just debugging and getting the product prepared to launch. Yeah, just polishing it up and getting it ready. Yep. That's okay. Awesome. So, Th- thank uh, you, Dima. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. So, why don't you guys want to talk to Artem a little bit more on um, what he's doing, or are you good? I'm ready to. Yeah. Artem He was doing... He's doing season, so if you have any oh, okay. questions on season, we could get Artem back up here. No, I, I like um, I like getting everybody on like that, and uh, it what, what what I like about the way that this episode went is for everybody who listens, it'll give them an inside view on how much it takes to bring a game to market. It, it's almost like an educational lesson. Yeah. Like you know, you got people who are like. Well, why can't games come out faster? And oh, I can make that in my sleep. And you know, you got these critics who are like, "Oh, what?" A, and then you listen to that, and you're like, "That just made me not want to ever make a game." I'll play the crap out of them, but good lord, I don't think there's enough aspirin and <laughs> patience for me to get. So I think it'll it'll definitely bring a greater sense of admiration and respect for what you guys are doing. I mean, that's like. You know, trench warfare work right there, what you're pulling off. <laughs> it's a small team, right? So right. the guys are really talented and really smart. And uh, the biggest, you know, the basic, the biggest trip hazard of making a game is to know how much to do. And so many games, so many developers get into problems because um, they add features. And how we developed this game was um, we just wanted, like, the core game to be fun, and that was, like, the first thing we developed. It, so we, our game was fun before we even get to Alpha. Right. Yeah. To, I mean, I've been in numerous situations where we've gotten to Alpha and the game's not fun, right? And you're just like... Mm-hmm. You think adding more features is going to help the game be fun, mm-hmm. right? It, it never is. Like, if the core mechanics of your game aren't fun, um, if you head into alpha, you're going to have huge problems development-wise. Right. Yeah. One of the things you're talking about, the educational experience, learning behind the scenes, something that we take advantage for, at least I feel like I do now, hearing what you guys are talking about is, Something as simple as statistics in a football game, there's so much behind-the-scenes work to make that to make that work right. And it's just something that we go, oh, yeah, there's this, that. And don't think about how much work it actually takes to make that work right and to count right. And, uh. it, it's really hard. I mean, it, it's, it's rocket science stuff to do directly. I thought it was going to, yeah, I've done a lot of different sports games, and we've always, you know, we've always had some amounts of stats in the games, but we have weird stats, right? We have stats, who's killing, how the guy died. Right. Like a whole lot. Oh, wow. Yeah. 
Alright, so I, I have a selfish question because I, when I play video games, I love nothing more than to hunt trophies and achievements depending on which system I'm playing on. Are those going to be included in the console version and the Steam, the PC version? Yeah, Steam is actually the guy who's going to be setting up the architecture for that. Um, we already have a bunch of achievements that were submitted by... Um, the MFL community, and we'll continue doing that throughout our whole alpha. Nice. Uh, but, yeah, we, I mean, we, we want to amply reward you as you play the game, because it's just fun. I drive my wife crazy, because I will play any game, no matter how silly, sometimes into the ground, hunting that one last achievement. <laughs> She's like, would you just stop, please? I just, she wants to watch TV, and I'm like, I'm almost there. If you guys have any achievements you want in the game, send them my way. Oh, we will. I'll definitely think of that. That would be fun. You can name it. Hmm. There you go. <laughs> Do you have one for chainsaw kills? You could. Uh, Currently, you could always. But we, you could always name one groovy. Do an Evil Dead reference for yeah. getting kills with the chainsaw. There you go. Awesome. Well, there you go. Actually, I've got another one. See, Michael, you made the mistake. Don't let me get creative because I will just but go. Mistake. <laughs> um, so you could do, with the shotgun, you could always do the shop smart, shop S smart trophy, and that'll be, that's another Evil Dead reference where Bruce Campbell kills one of the zombies with a gun, and that's his catchphrase. <laughs> Oh, nice. Okay. And it'll get, trust me, it'll get fan recognition because that's what I'm thinking is something that could associate with a game feature that people will also recognize where they'll be like, oh, crap, I just got a Bruce Campbell tagline for my trophy. <laughs> it's always fun when they got those little Easter egg names. And yeah. we have a ton of those in our game, so um, more coming every day as well. Ooh. Now I'm going to think that's going to be my preoccupation for the rest of the day now. I promise I won't flood you with an email. Yeah. I won't give you an email with like 40,000 accomplishments on it, but. The list of the top 300 and we cut out like 1,000. It's fine. I love that, man. See, that's what I like is most games you feel really locked out of. Yeah. And you just wait for it. I like y'all's approach with letting people get involved, not just us, but, like, the community in general. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I'd like to see more of that in gaming going forward because gamers, we're gamers because we love the games, but sometimes it feels like there's this vacuum between a developer and the studio the person who came up with it who just wants to bring a great game to market and make people enjoy it. And there's this gulf between them and the audience. And you guys found a way to bridge that in a way a lot of other gaming studios haven't. And you deserve a lot of credit for that because, oh, you know, it was, it was desperation. Yeah. And it was <laughs> the scariest thing Max and I have ever done in our careers was to put the product out in everybody's hands for our Kickstarter campaign. Well, I'd like to see that desperation be an inspiration for more developers, and I really mean that. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you. We appreciate it. 
Okay, so going forward, we can look forward to an alpha, you said, what, in May? Uh, it's Yeah, that's what we promised all of our Kickstarter backers. So, uh, yeah, we'll kick that off probably around May 1st. Cool. So we're in there the first week of May, and then the guys who have purchased alpha, they can come in and check out the game and help us uh, test it for, you know, whatever they want to do. I mean, they could just play it for fun. But we have a lot of guys that, um, you know, care very much about the title. And mm-hmm. they're, they're great players, like way better than me. Like, they found some exploits, which would just, I still don't know how they did it, right? And, ah, here's Andre. Here's our art director. And it's uh, uh, Mr. Genius. So, no. Please uh, pick his brain on the awesome art. Have a seat. Oh, okay. In the hot seat. <laughs> so he did the space arena. I mean, that was his. Like, there was no concept art. I did nothing. It was just something that Andre kind of grabbed and ran with. And he's finishing up now. It's it's just amazing. Yeah. Yeah, before you, uh, before you came in earlier, I was... I was telling him that I cannot wait to play that arena. It looks amazing. I saw it in the email the other day, and yes, I'm playing on a moving. Better, but with the time constraints we have, it's like the best I could do. (laughs) (laughs) Well, don't don't short sell it, man. It it looks awesome. Like I said, I mean, we've both been able to play the demo, and you guys are knocking it out of the park. Um, I love the look of the game. Uh, I was actually complimenting the. The one stadium we got to play in the demo where there's all the toxic waste pits and all the, I mean, so, so far, man, every, everything you guys have done, uh, you know, I was telling uh, Michael and the guys, I had a room full of people um, at a friend's house a couple weekends ago and everybody had a blast. Everybody was laughing. People were calling out next, like the old school arcades, like. You know, where people would put quarters on the game to dominate their next position and nobody else was playing but them. And we had that going on. And I haven't had an experience like that, even with an online game in a long time, where an entire room full of people, hardcore gamers and casual gamers alike, were all invested and laughing and joking. And it was great. So. Yeah, that that's, that's uh, awesome to hear because that's our goal, right? And just like game development, uh, you think it's easy, but making people laugh is really hard. It is. Really hard. It definitely is. So, I mean, yeah, man, I, I love the look of the game. I love the aesthetic. You're, you're killing it, dude. What was the, uh, what's been the biggest challenge in the, the look and the feel of the game from the art? I mean, the biggest challenge for me was, like, I, I was not uh, working on the project from the start. I came mm-hmm. when uh, they needed, like, a big push in the graphics overall. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it was hard to gain, like, their confidence in me through the stuff because I, I had to, like, repolish all everything, like, uh, for a month. Mm-hmm. And they were, like, scary that it will not work the way I intended the whole thing. Mm-hmm. So it's funny, right? Because it's a team dynamic and you're developing a video game. Um, so I like do the design of the game, but I'm also a producer. And Maxime 
make sure the technical process is correct, but he's also a producer. So, you know, he's working with Anton. He's got to manage all the people, all the emotions, all of that stuff. If something bad happens in their life, and he's running the studio. So you have all of that, and then you bring in a new guy, right, who has his kind of own way of working. And um, we interviewed Andre, and we saw his work, and uh, most of his work was um, UI stuff. And it was fantastic. We needed help with UI. And the game made this huge jump, right, presentation-wise. That's all Andre and, like, Pavel. I mean, they just gave the entire product a facelift. And it must have been so hard because he's coming in on a project that's been touched by other artists, and now he has to go kind of unify this new style. Right. I don't know him, right? I've never worked with him, so... Andre is is funny, and he's kind of a matter-of-fact, blunt guy like me, and he's just like, look, Michael, I get it done, I get it done and just give me time, and we're trying to get, like, days schedule so we can kind of track the whole project, and he's like, eh, I get it done, and, you know, he has been getting it done. Then when you work with him for a while, you start being able to determine, oh, okay, to do an arena like the space arena, you know, in my head, I figured based on our other arenas, it's going to take like six weeks to do a new arena with new geometry. You know, this guy came in and did it in about three and a half weeks, which is pretty, pretty remarkable. Wow. That's awesome. Yeah. So- he's Right, praises him for his outstanding work. He's never happy, and looks at it and goes, "Wow, I did a." You know, it's always like I could do this, I could do that, I could do that. And Maxime and I are just like, get him on something new because the clock's running and we're running out of time here. Yeah, an artist curse. It's never good enough. There's always one more tweak. There's always one more right. thing. I find myself doing that anytime I I draw a lot. Anytime I do that. My wife's like, just put the pencil down. She's like, it looks good. Leave it alone. No, I'm going to sit here and diddle with it for another hour because I don't think it's done. That's what I do when I write. I'll write something and everybody else will love it. And I'm like, I'm going to tinker. I'm going to rewrite it. I'm going to tinker a little bit. Uh, Well, I could tweak this sentence out a little bit. No, this character wasn't fleshed out enough. So I totally, yeah, I on a smaller scale than what you're responsible for, but I, I get it, man. I get it. Uh, but that's because it's precious to you, you know. The best thing I, I like the I like about the my my current job is like I I work on every aspect of the game. So today I'm working on environment stuff, and tomorrow I'm thinking UI, and you never get bored. Yeah. Just all around. Okay. So during any of the meetings, has there been an idea? pitched that in the back of your mind you were just like, please don't make me have to design that? Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> I got this. I like that bring bring it on part of that. <laughs> like, no. <laughs> so do you prefer doing our job? Or- <laughs> oh, go ahead. No, I was just saying, apparently the designers on the team aren't doing their jobs well enough because we should be throwing ideas where Andre goes, 
no way am I doing that. <laughs> Do you prefer doing this or, or uh, the what you said you came from doing UI, which... I did, like, a bunch of stuff. I started, like, 18 to 20 years ago. Oh, wow. When the flare, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty old. <laughs> hey, look, I'm looking at 40 coming up in a couple of years, so trust me. And I started, like, with websites when the Flash first came out and with all the fancy animations and stuff, and then I did uh, web for, like, five or so years, and then I wow. did the uh, browser games and then casino games, and I, I did horrible stuff. <laughs> yeah, but you know what? That it got you, it got you here and gave you a legacy. So yeah, it's pretty awesome. Now I have to work with Unity. I prefer the UDK, but yeah. <laughs> well, it's cool to be working on a product that a lot of people are looking forward to. Oh yeah. Yeah, man. It's yeah. So what's the plan for after you guys finally get it done, you get to relax for a minute, what's the first thing you're going to do once this game actually gets out? Good run. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. A, a part two of last yeah. night and do it again? Um, no, actually, like I said, you know, we're going to support the product. So when we get it out, obviously everybody's going to deserve uh, some break and some rest. Yeah. But we're going to continue to create content for the game. Uh, we have a lot of stretch goals on Kickstarter, and we will try and fulfill every one of those stretch goals. But if we're going to miss our launch window, my whole thing is um, I want to miss that launch window, right? And we've been working on this for so long that I would say if we have to rush anything and it can't be as good as we need it, I'd rather not see it in the game at launch, and we'd release it later on as a downloadable content. Mm -hmm. and that's understandable. The, that's, yeah. That would be free, obviously, because we had mm -hmm. promised uh, the Kickstarter backers that we were going to deliver it for them, so they would get it free. But, you know, like with Andre, I mean, it's going to take him some amount of time to do something to his quality standards. And if what he's working on does not meet his quality standards. And then, you know, our quality standards as a studio, then we'd rather not put it in the game and, you know, give it the time that it needs. So, you know, we'll, we can release some stuff as downloadable content. Yeah. Isn't that the good part about the way video games work today is you can do that. You can take the time, you know, <laughs> give people what they want and then take the time to either enhance or add on to the experience. We, we used to not be able to have that. Like once it went in that cartridge, that was it. You know, I, I kind of like the ability for a gaming company to think on its feet and be able to go past release date and enhance their game, enhance the experience for the gamers. So I like that approach. You know, and then if the game is successful, um, the next phase of what we wanted to do was to create a way for you guys to create your own content in the game, where you create your own teams, name your own players, and then we have we give everybody the same amount of attributes and how you distribute those amongst the team roster is 
how you distribute them. Everybody has the exact same amount of points. And then you can take your custom team online and play against another guy's custom team. And then hopefully we can set up some tournaments and stuff and leagues. So That's cool. People can play against each other, who's got the best custom team, who's the best player. And that's kind of, you know, we can't afford to do this all on our own, uh, which is yeah. we had to have kind of phases, you know. So if mm -hmm. title does good, does well, and is <laughs> successful, phase two of New Football League is, you know, enhancing that online experience, trying to get the game set up for, like, esports tournaments. Oh wow, that's that's really cool. People will go to town with that. That's great. Yeah, that's actually what, one of the questions I was going to ask. What's so cool about it is, so you played the game, right? So you play the game, mm -hmm. and it's like this mayhem, madness. It's just chaos when you play. When you actually, we put the editing tools in your hands, and you get to design your team, and you get to pick what plays you want, or even design your own plays. Um, it's a design thing, and it's really kind of, you know, magical. It uses another part of your brain, and it's like this design sandbox. And it's mm. this creative thing. And then you take it in the game, you test your plays, you see if your attributes are fine, and you go back and you tweak, and you're a designer. Um, and then you take that team and you go online, and then it's madness. So you've got kind of a nice yin and yang for the product. One is creative design, and then the other is how are my skills of playing the game. And those two um, consciousnesses just mesh perfectly together. They they're they're right together because one is so kind of passive and creative, and then the other one is creative tactics and madness, and it just completes the whole picture. Yeah, I love that. I love that aspect. Yeah, that would be a lot of fun. Plus, it gets you more invested in it, you know. You create your own teams. You got a, another connection there, a stronger connection sometimes, oh, making your own stuff. So that that is the plan, right? So when we're done with this, yeah, we can take some rest. But, I mean, that's the next thing we want to do with the project. Nice. Yeah, man, I'm excited for this going forward, most definitely. I loved getting to – I know it was brief, but I loved getting to talk to you guys. Um, it's my first peek behind the curtain for somebody who's played video games since about 1983 or so. This is my first peek behind a curtain at a game studio and really see what you guys go through. And it's given me a bigger appreciation for games overall, most definitely. So thank you guys for giving us the time. Thank you, Michael, for the opportunity to jump on board with your development for this. This is one of the cooler things I've ever gotten to do. So, <laughs> And thank you guys for uh, the support. Uh, it really means the world to us. And we need the help because we don't, we're not a big publisher. So it's kind of like, this is how we get the word out and we really appreciate it. Yeah, man, we're, we're with you. We, we love this. So I'll, I'll be having every friend I've got over as soon as I can get my hands on the, the beta, and especially once the game comes out, because I want them to walk in knowing nothing so that I can kill all their people and watch the look on their face <laughs> until they get their hands on it, and then, yeah, then we'll see where we go from We'll there. definitely be doing some insider trading style 
gaming <laughs> yeah. on people. Yeah, it's just a football game with skeletons. I don't know why your quarterback just blew into a million pieces. <laughs> it's fine. All right, guys. Well, thank you so much. Yeah, no, thank you guys for taking the time. I know this is fun to get together because the time difference between being out in Ukraine and being back here in the States, but I appreciate you guys taking all the time and coming in after surviving last night. Yeah. Most definitely. And uh, I will definitely reach out um, with whenever you guys have more communications and and we'll continue to promote and push everything you guys have. So thank you. Well, oh, yeah. Okay, we'll be. take care, guys. Happy Easter. Uh, happy right, Easter happy to you guys. Easter. Happy Easter. Bye-bye now. Bye. 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 Yours went away too, and I was like, "Wait, did he leave?" I'm turning mine off too. Everybody else had their video on, so I felt weird not turning mine on. Yeah, I know, right? Like I was like, "Oh, okay." <laughs> so they're looking at like two blank profile pictures. I say, I don't even think I have a profile picture. I gotta fix that. At least you have a profile picture. Do I? Yeah. Just going to clean. Yeah. Master T, Snake, Mario, Luke. Oh, it's got my Twitter banner. Yeah. We're still recording, but this is the unprofessional part because I got to move my car for my wife. So, y'all get to listen to <laughs> Adventures in Audio, Audio, Audio. Right. But I yeah, man. On the PlayStation. <laughs> I mean, I meant, I meant every word that I said. This is the first time as a lifelong gamer I've gotten a peek. You know, like, oh, like other, you know, games do. Like, you'll get the bonus disc of like the developer diary. Yeah. Or whatever, but this is like the first time. <laughs> yeah, but like this yeah. is the first time we've gotten to like actually see what it takes to make a game. And I'll tell you what, I might not be as quick to criticize. Yeah. What is? Are you? Did you go to heaven? This is my PlayStation. <laughs> Good lord, that is. Hold on, one second. It's like you're being heralded. <laughs> might treat you with a whole different level of deference from now on like oh but um there my angelic choir is gone are you happy I love the difference between Michael and the rest of the team it's such oh, an yeah. allegory for the difference between an American personality versus <laughs> Because yeah. we're all just like, wow, hey, hey, guy, oh, man, that's so awesome. And their answers are just like, yep, yes, <laughs> it's difficult, yes. Da, da, da. Like, they're just so, like. Are you excited for the, or is there anything that worries you? Nope. I guess it kind of almost feeds into the, the, the stereotype that Americans are just brash and loud and aggressive and abrasive yeah. and. Because they are so, like, controlled and, like, dry and to the point. We're just like, yeah, that arena where the thing spins and the, oh, yeah, here's an idea, chainsaws and shotguns. And they're just like, the development cycle has been quite difficult so far, and we've had a lot of challenges. 
And you know, you 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 Michael and I are just like blah video games. Blah! I we need to come up with some way because you know, not to be selfish, but he did say that they really appreciated all our help. We need to find a way to make an achievement that says something about the happy haven. Oh my gosh. Okay. Yes. Just tell us we don't want we don't want anything from you at all. Except those action Except figures. Achievement name. Oh, you can keep your action figures if I get my achievement. You saw he wrote down the Bruce Campbell one, right? Yeah, I saw that. I saw him write it down. The S Mart one. Yes. How cool would that be to get a trophy that says Groovy? Yeah, for getting chainsaw kills, just for like the meta reaction of players. That we'll never see, but if that shop smart, shop S smart one in there, somebody in the world is going to come off their couch and be like, yeah! Like, <laughs> <laughs> what if we did the, uh, you could call the achievement Welcome to Happy Haven or something like that, but if you could manage to go through the entire game without killing someone else's player. Ooh, like a pacifist, I'm writing that email, like a pacifism trophy, you go through without yeah. killing the other team at all. Because our whole thing's about being positive, right? Right. So, if you can manage to make it through a game without killing someone, you get the welcome to the happy haven. Dude, how would it feel to have that in your in your own trophy library? Like, if we... Dude, I would fucking lose my mind. <laughs> <laughs> like, one of the trophies was... Uh, so I'll tell you what. Um, I was looking, searching our podcast, because, you know what happens when you Google yourself. And for us being new and doing it ourselves, ooh, that might echo like crazy. What? I can hear myself. Oh, no, I just unplugged my headphones by accident. Oh, no, it's okay. Oh, no, it's okay. But, um, yeah, well, it's the first time we've talked since it sounded like that, but I was like... I sound obnoxious. No, um, I'm keeping all that in, by the way. Uh, like, we're like sixth if you type in the happy. Wow. And then you type in the H, and it's like, boom, we're the only one. With like, For real? Yeah, and I don't know if that means that there's a ton of people listening, but, like, as the content creators, like, it's kind of trippy. To say, like, there, there are still times where I'll see something go by. Like, if you type in the Happy Haven into Google, uh-huh. we exist in there. Like, I'm do it. like it's, it's kind of cool. And then if you hit yeah, images, yeah, yeah. like the podcast, like, I don't know. I just went off on a tangent on how weird it is to actually be a content creator after wanting to be one for this long, like, legitimized content creator and not a pat on the back it's more of like a mind trip for me like holy crap isn't that cool isn't that cool that is cool there's a movie called Happy Haven <laughs> oh no, but so I've got a weird guest appearance tomorrow night. I saw that on something else, and it kind of like got brought to me. 
um, I'm trying to get, um, and I emailed, uh, he sent me his publicist email. Um, the, the actor, Oliver Stark, who played Ryder, um, one of the Baron's sons uh, from Into the Badlands has, mm-hmm. has said he wanted to come on. So listen for that in the future, guys. Um, we're going to make it happen. Uh, I was talking about Into the Badlands, and somebody saw that. And I guess tomorrow night um, I'm going to talk to – they're called The Best Damn Podcast. Uh-huh. And they just asked if I wanted to come on and talk into the Badlands with them for a little while. It's kind of awesome. yeah, but it yeah, I mean it, it's awesome, but at the same time it was like, huh? Like, <laughs> see, I've never forayed into into this kind of stuff, so all this stuff is new to me. I know you've you've done stuff and had it take off and be successful before, so. For you, it's yeah. just like, yeah, that's a thing that happens. But for me, it's like... Yeah, that's a thing that happens. No, it's really cool. I saw that, and I was glad that, you know, you're getting to experience a lot of that and see a lot of that side. And it's just so much fun when you can just go, hey, you want to be on our podcast, and then I'll come on yours, and we both get an episode out of it. It'd be great. Yeah, speaking of which, um, just so you guys know, there's a podcast called Holy Podcast Batman or Holy Bat Podcast. Mm-hmm. And um, he, he, I was talking to him, and he actually wants to come on and be our guest, and uh, maybe we can go on his after that, and cool. so we could do a Batman episode. Um, I know Batman gets talked a lot about on here, but it would be nice to actually have it be framed in the proper context where it's not just me talking about Batman. No, that'd be cool. I've got some I got some theories about Batman that I want to run by you someday, so Cool. That would be the place to do it. Well we got a lot coming up, dude. We got um Nick Destro. Uh actually we're gonna be recording that tonight, but it'll come out yeah. during the week. Um Nick Destro is an independent filmmaker focusing on horror movies and I believe your wife is gonna be joining us for that one. Yeah. Yeah, she's going to come on and talk some horror movies with us. Yeah, man. I don't think we've covered horror movies much. No, we haven't. That's what's going to be so fun. Definitely. And then uh, we have the president and one of the writers for Top Cow Comics coming on soon to talk about that Golgotha Kickstarter we were talking about with um, Brian Hill in one of the last episodes. He's going to come on and just be awesome with us and... uh, I read Top Cow Comics. I, if you listen to the Eric Larson episode that went up, I talked about, you know, Marvel in D.C. Everybody knows Marvel in D.C. But for me now, when I buy comics, I don't actually usually buy Marvel or D.C. I stick with IDW or Dynamite or Image or Top Cow um, because their stories are usually done by independent artists and they're self-contained stories. So when you get into it... Yeah. You don't have to worry about buying six issues of the same character to try to figure out what's going on. It's very well-told insular stories, and that Golgotha one sounds interesting as I'll get out, so I'm excited to have him on coming up. Yeah, absolutely. It's going to be a good time. We got we had some really good guests here the last few times, and the, talking to Michael and the whole group from Kiev was amazing. Every time we talk to them, it's more and more fun. Uh, I can't wait. Yeah, that dude's name tickled my nerd, my nerd senses <laughs> when he said Artyom, because I was like, 
oh man, I've played as an Artyom for hours. Yeah, in the look on his face, he could not have known any less what you were talking about. That's usually the look I get from most people when I talk to them. Yeah. But yeah, man, we've got a lot of stuff coming down the pike. Um, this is fun, man. It, it really is. This yeah. is a dream come true for me. Um, you know, it's 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 been amazing, and I like gaining a new friend out of it, mm-hmm. and getting to know you and Lexi, and y'all getting to know me and my wife, and it's it's just a really cool thing, like where technology is for for people today, because yeah. this was impossible when when I was growing up. Like this wasn't a thing. Oh yeah, yeah absolutely. And everything's changed the way we do normal things like, oh, I don't know, make friends. has <laughs> completely changed from the experience it used to be. And I love it because with, between you and my friend Sydney, I mean, two of my best friends don't live here. So I wouldn't know you guys if it wasn't for technology. Right, exactly. It's a good thing. And then look at what it's, you know, I mean, look at the opportunities afforded. So, like, I guess mm-hmm. if what I'm trying to get at is, you know, we did this, and it wasn't that hard to get started, but look what we've been able to do in just a couple months and the people we've gotten to talk to. And so it, I guess it's kind of like the Kevin Smith thing. Like, you know, he always says, if there's something you want to do, because it's so accessible to do it, like, do what we're doing. You know, get out there and put put your art or your words or your stories or do a podcast. I mean, the time for creativity is, I mean, we, it sounds so pretentious to say, but, you know, we're kind of in a renaissance period for that. It's, this is, uh, this is how it is now. And it's fun, man. It's so fun. It is very, very fun. I love it. And I always feel I, like I talk too much. Like, No, you don't. What it, at, at first, I worried about it, because you do. You, you talk a lot. You're really fast with your thoughts. But over the time, I have learned how to insert myself in there. <laughs> it, so it works well now. I like it now. It works well now. You may be the first person who'd be like, no, you talk a lot, but it's good. That might be the first person in my life who's ever said that. <laughs> there are some teachers from my childhood who would strongly disagree with that statement. Yeah, they're like, no, you just, yeah, I talk a lot, too. It's all good. It's like, that rambling fool. <laughs> that rambling fool. What are you talking about? And then I just look at him and be like, look at me now, suckers. Now, um, <laughs> look at me now. I get to talk to people and you don't. Ha ha ha. Now, that's horrifying. If I ever start to get that mentality, I'd like someone to take me out in the field somewhere and just tell me to look at the flowers like Carol from The Walking Dead and take care of it. Oh. <laughs> look at the flowers, Lizzie. But now, man, like I said, we've got we got a bunch of stuff coming. Um, it's really taken off. I, I I'm excited for all that we have going on because it's just going to get better and better. And you know, I, I like 
who we're going to have on tonight is kind of cool. Um, yeah, I think it's really cool. Yeah, indie filmmaker who focuses on horror movies. That's going to be a fun conversation. So definitely look forward to that. You, you'll see this. really good. Yeah, man. You'll see this go up, and then um, you'll see our episode with Nick Destro go up probably all before the weekend's over. We might actually put up a two for this weekend. Yeah. Yeah, man. The two for special. Yeah. Absolutely. I'm watching my daughter play Minecraft on the PS4, and I'm kind of scared I may not have access to my PS4 as much as I did before today. Maybe you shouldn't have. I mean, she's, told it. she's got it on other formats, but it's not on the big giant TV, so. Yeah, that's how my son is. He's got it on the Xbox, but he's like, but this TV is bigger. <laughs> right. And yeah, someday you can afford your own big TV. Now move. I want to play Skyrim again. See, that's how the daddies do. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, um, we'll definitely uh, hook up and talk a little bit before um, Nick comes on, and then yeah, I-, I think it'll be cool to have your wife on. Um, I know she's funny, at least when I've talked to her, not podcast related with you guys. So, yeah, yeah, she's a she'll be quiet at first, but she'll she'll lighten up and loosen up is what I meant, not lighten up. Plus, it's horror movies. Yeah, it's horror movies. That's that's. I asked her. I was like, "You gonna do the podcast with us? What are we talking about? Horror movies? Yeah, I guess that wouldn't be so bad." <laughs> awesome sauce. Yes, sir. All right, well, that'll do it for this episode of the Happy Haven. Uh, thanks for listening, and thanks to the guys at Mutant Football League um, taking time out from an obviously very busy development cycle. They're on a crunch time and still took the time to sit with us as a team, and uh, greatly appreciate that, most definitely. Yeah, absolutely. It's a good time. Yeah, man. So definitely, like I said, go on our different formats, SoundCloud, iTunes, and Stitcher. Uh, Give us a follow. Tell your friends. Write a review. Still waiting on a review. I might actually come up with a prize for the first person to write a review. Um, See, I I tried it out. I went to do a review on my computer, and even if you write a review right now, it doesn't show up. Hmm. You have to have a certain amount of reviews before they actually start to show up. So there's no telling. Maybe we do have a few. That's annoying. That is very annoying. Get on the stick, Apple. I know. Good Lord. But yeah, man. um, Thanks for tuning in to this episode. It was awesome to have those guys. Uh, Really looking forward to being able to jump into a season of this game. That talk of... Being able to play online, offline, co-op, and all that in the same season? Uh, oh, don't tease me like that. Dude. Yeah, that's, that is amazing news. And that would be a kind of a game changer for a sports game. Yeah, definitely. Uh, definitely would. And, you know, because then you can play with anybody. It doesn't matter what system you have it on. Right, and it's not separate to any forward progress you're trying to make. It's always been separated by the multiplayer wall. Um, I, 
Yeah. I know there's games that have like a campaign or a story where people can drop in and drop out, but even then it's limited to like either being a secondary character or, you know, like there were some yeah. some of the Mario games you're basically waggling the Wii remote and collecting stars on the screen as a little blinky light and not even really playing. Um, (laughs) So that's awesome. Yes, it is. Man, I hope that that comes... I know it's not going to come for the initial release, but I hope it comes sooner rather than later. It'll be a lot of fun. But, (laughs) alright guys. Again, thanks for listening. Make sure and subscribe on iTunes and get these automatically downloaded to your phone. About, I think it's usually about 30 minutes after they come out. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but yeah, and, you know, we'll see you next time. <laughs> All right, guys. Once again, happy haven, making the world a better place. One nerd at a time. We'll check you later. All right, bye, guys. Later.